Hello. Oh. Mm. 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 <sighs> There's a thing I noticed. Speaking of greetings. Yes. Uh, at the beginning of YouTube videos, so I guess two, two specific channels. One is the the dog grooming channel that I watch. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the one you're familiar with, which is the lockpicking lawyer. Right? <laughs> he's he's definitely got a bit. All right. So what uh, what is the beginning of every lockpicking lawyer video? Can you do it? I'm better at doing the end. Um, what I ha- I know he says what I have for you today is I don't remember the very first way he greets. But he says yeah, what I have the, for you. Yeah, yeah well, it's, the, it's the first part that I'm trying to get um, at. Give me, here. A, give me a hint, because I, I mean, I watch a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's more about the uh, the sing-songy oh. nature of it. Yeah, this is this is the lock-picking lawyer, and what I have close, for you to close. Okay, what is it? And I mean, I can't. I'm not good at doing it because it's almost like singing. So I'm gonna tell me the words, it. and I'll be able to do it. No, it's it's the tonality. Um, no. So the and I say this because the dog grooming channel is the same thing. All right, so everyone's familiar with the thing where you go up at the hey end guys. of the sentence, where you go up at the end of the sentence and everything sounds like a question, right? Normally, like attributed to women, used to denigrate them, saying we can't take you seriously because you go up at the end of every sentence. Up talk. They call it up talk. Right. Exactly. Um, this is not that, but this is like a variant of that for YouTube, and I'm sure Kirk Kirk Hamilton. Some strong songs. Yes, I'm sure he would be able to to explain this using uh, an actual accurate musical term. But to me, what it sounds like is uh, like an unresolved. I don't know. I don't know the musical term. What's the thing? Unresolved melody. Unre- unresolved chord progression. Um, it goes like this. This is the lock picking lawyer. Oh yeah, it's almost like. I mean, this is not the note, but it's almost like going to a fifth where it really craves the fifth is just one an easy example but it's an interval like when you go to here it implies that there will be more right right and, and then the dog grooming is like more you know, more becomes the the root note the one yeah the dog grooming one is you know toby is a golden retriever yeah right, you know, i'm not doing it right you know no i know what you, I know what you she, mean she's a saint bernard um i'm here with this lovely saint bernard this is the lock picking lawyer I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not doing it right because I don't have I can't sing and, and make notes with my mouth. But in any case, have a nice day. Yeah. So the ending resolves, but this is the lock picking lawyer. Mm-hmm. No, I know so, exactly what you mean. It's mm-hmm. so weird, and uh, other channels do it as well. And it's just such a strange choice. And every one of the lock picking lawyer ones that I've seen anyway begins with that same hanging, whatever. I don't know. It's like it's like you're leaving me hanging. It's it's shaving a haircut without the two bits, right? Hmm. Anyway, I'm I've just been thinking oh. about that. Well, I mean, I, wish I, I have could... I have those. I I I know. I I do that. I must have those. I don't think so because it's like there's a tension to leaving it unresolved. Everyone has like a sing songy thing that they do with their voice. Oh, but you're you're talking in particular about the way you leave it unresolved. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think I I don't think I do that as much. And it's such a weird way. Like no one speaking in real life would ever introduce themselves like that. I think I do it at the end of ad reads. Yeah, maybe because that's kind of like a performance. Um. How? What do I say? I say our thanks to sponsor for supporting. Um, Roderick on the line, 
and all, and the, all great the great shows. shows. Yeah, 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 no, but that's fine. That's resolved. Like that's a that's a oh, because it does go back to the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, I don't know. Again, I don't know the musical terms, but it's so yes, you totally do, John. Is... Don't stop that, John. You play you play a song and it goes G C D. G is the one. <laughs> D is the five. C is the four. So you sound like Rick Biotto. I don't know what those Roman numerals mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, here's here's the beginning of some songs I know. Uh, um, yeah, I suppose. I think it's comforting. I th- I like the way the lockpicking lawyer does that, and his his little pitch his pitches don't bother me. There's a there's a thing I put on the internet last night because I kept watching it and I found it so bewildering. You know what it is? Like, I don't know, phrase, exception, improves the rule. But you know how it is when, like, you want to run across something that's so different from everything else and not in necessarily a good way? And I was, there's this uh, uh, bag I was thinking about getting, which is purports to be a pilot-like travel bag mm-hmm. that gets good no. reviews. Yeah, yep. And the guy who reviewed it, it's a guy, I mean, Frank Ab- Abagnale had a much more convincing uniform than this guy. He's wearing what looks like a pilot's uniform, but it's got the wings that they gave me on Delta in 1974 kind of mm-hmm. on it. And the whole thing was just so, it's all so weird. It makes you appreciate, or I don't know. I guess, I guess I, I know everybody has their own little tells and stuff like that, but I do, I find it kind of comforting, you know, to the people uh, doing the thing. But I'm going to start to see now, now this is going to be Eric and the Water Fountain all over again title, um, where now I'm going to be noticing well, I, I, my suggestion is to try to, you know, challenge, uh, to try to do this in real life. Like, if, if you have an occasion to interact with a stranger, saying, uh, say something like, "I'd like a roast beef sandwich." Okay. Well, I had occasion and today. That's it. <laughs> I'm beta testing some software that's pretty hairy for the developer. They're having a hairy uh, store kit. Is that what it's called? They're trying to get an IAP thing to work in a thing, and it's murder to try and get it working and so i was on the phone with somebody today and i noticed this geek that i was talking to the developer of this app does a thing that you do and i almost i laughed and i didn't say anything but i almost Mm -hmm. noted that this person does the same thing that you do and and that i probably do too which is sometimes when you're working on something enter this in and then you say something like do 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 which i do as well but it was so funny because this dude Oh, is from, from anonymous. Do, 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 do? Well, whatever it is, everybody out there, you've heard John do this. Like when the, John idle is doing, no, the idle noise? Yes. Like when you're, you're like, you're, that's your, not the beach ball, but that's your like progress bar mm-hmm. is you have like a certain little tune that you sing. I have a bunch of idle phrases for sure. I don't know if I have a song. Though. I actually do sing do, 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 do. And I picked it up from my very dear friend and housemate, Dan Catalano. And Dan was, I once heard a description of kids on the spectrum um, of saying, somebody said, I don't know if it's true or not, but it always stuck in my head because I, now I see this in people I meet. People, especially you see this with people with ADD, but Dan, who I think had ADD, if he didn't, he was missing his best bet. But when, when Dan was doing something, he'd go, do, 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 do. And I think that's where I picked it up. And then sometimes he just had what, what I would call traveling music. He'd just be walking around going, <laughs> and I totally picked it up. And I think that's a thing people do. I think that is the processing sound. Do you think, do you think people have different processing sounds? Yeah, I mean, I think I've talked about this in the show before, how um, uh, U2 says the letter M, which is an Irish thing, as their idle noise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my, my landlord does that. That's totally, that's, that's their um or their, yeah, that's the um of Ireland. <laughs> right, you're just kind of a space filler noise. Uh, I don't, if I have a song, what's, if I have a song, what is it? 
It's like <laughs> it's like no, but it's like it's like a. See, I can't even find that in description. Yada yada. Some, I will say. I will say no, so on and so forth. No, you sing a little. You sing a little. You don't usually sing, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. But you you sing yourself a little tune. Wait, hang on. Can you bring? Oh my god, what's happening? John, this this week's topic could not be more apropos. I've I've had an adult beverage and half an edible because it's really it's been that day. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the Alm of Ireland. I'm I'm gonna start listening for it. And any anybody out there uh, who 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 uh, your your uh, your overlord John Syracuse, when you hear him writing Pearl on a podcast and he sings that little tune, what is the tune that John sings? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> um. Um, I, that's another speak like incorporating the 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 weird whatever unresolved note at the end of a sentence or incorporating trying to say m and pull it off right you know uh what's i, I don't even know how to impersonate it i mean i'll i'll do a simpson style leprechaun accent but uh i it's don't... tricky it's tricky to do if you don't have the whole rest of the accents to just basically right. go m like just say the letter m in the middle i have i'll have m uh, I can't even do it. I go into uh, like I can't do M. It doesn't it doesn't satisfy the way uh does. Well, because here's the thing: like in our in our vernacular, I feel like there's so many different ways you can do um. Oh God, Brian David Gilbert had a funny video. What was his funny video? It was something like all the different ways to say a certain thing. Um, um. Okay, so there's that um, but there's yeah, also there's, the uh. uh but there's also the like, uh, uh, John, there's that kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say M though. I don't, I no, don't feel it's good hard about to pull that. off if you're not Irish, but it comes naturally to them. You and I should both start wearing those cool glasses that he has. I know he has them for health reasons, but we should just, I think we could gin it up and just do it ourselves and wear orange glasses all the time. You look so good in that. Yeah, but I would wear orange glasses. Orange? Mm-hmm. Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com diffs. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they've got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online. And let's be honest, to make your ideas into a reality. You know, what more could you ask of a company than making reality out of dreams? Jiminy Christmas, that seems like that should cost really a lot. And yet, Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template. And these templates really are really quite pretty and quite diverse. I just say that word. We keep saying template over and over. Like, what the hell does that mean? Well, go look. That's not up for the county, dingus. You go in and, and you, you pick a template and you make it pretty. The content, okay, is abstracted uh, from the template. And it, it's all, it's got layers and a stack and it's just incredibly easy to use. You guys get Squarespace, you know? You can customize the look and feel, of course. Settings, products you have on sale and more with just a few clicks. And all of Squarespace's websites are optimized for mobile. And that means your, uh, your stuff is going to look great on every device or dingus. Uh, one thing I really love is there's a mode where when you're working on your page, you can click a little icon and it'll show you this is what it would look like on a phone. This is what it would look like on a tablet. It's actually super cool. Makes it way easy. And it's the kind of thing that used to be virtually impossible for an idiot like me to do. Woof, don't get me started. You know, I got out of the webmaster business and, and except insofar as it's important to your career identity and, and personal life, I think you should get out too. 
So, so what do you get with this? What, what, what even is Squarespace? Well, you get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. As you, as you know, I hope, there is nothing to patch or upgrade. I mean, I guess you could choose to try and patch or upgrade, but you don't need to because as, as QED, they got you covered. You understand? Do you understand? Are you listening? They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you need any help. It's okay to need help. they got support. They'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. This will be a domain name that no one else has grabbed, at least at this time. Make sure your domain name is unique. You could ask John Syracuse, he'll tell you. you got everything you need for SEO, email marketing, it's just whatever you need to get your ideas out there. Turn your big idea into a new website. Create a portfolio, publish a blog, put up those uh, gorgeous galleries of images, promote your business, announce an upcoming event. My gosh, I'm out of breath. Squarespace, you guys, you got to check it out. So please, right now, you go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-A-F-F-S. That'll get you a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use uh, John Syracuse's very special offer code diffs, that's D-A-F-F-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or literally unique domain. Squarespace.com diffs. Diffs. Squarespace.com slash diffs. Are you getting this? Are you writing this down? Offer code diffs. 10% off your first purchase. Go. Go on the internet. Make the internet your own. Go right now. Pause this. We'll wait. We'll be here. As long as it's in the dock, we can always come back. And yeah, show your support for John Syracuse. The guy, the guy needs it. Give the guy a goose. Squarespace.com slash diffs, you guys. Go. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Follow up. We got some this week. Had a, I had a, I'm having an adult beverage and half an edible, John. I know. You, we'll you, get, we'll I, get I'm, but I, I'm so I'm so grateful to have you around to keep me honest. We'll get you through this. Yeah. Oh, will you? See, I yeah. wish I could count on you. I wish I had a way to give you some kind of a safe word. That's funny how. <laughs> I wish a, I could give you a safe word. Some, way, some kind of way to give you some kind of edible or adult beverage. Yeah. Oh, no, you should try it. Galactic no. Grape. It's the best. Yes. No, John. John, I thought I was off it, but COVID brought me back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly controllable, exactly perfect. And I just want to say for the record that I stopped having drinks on this show a very, very, very long time. I, intoxicants in general on this show mm-hmm. a long time ago. Now, it's one thing for me to do. You got to be sharp. <sighs> you you, uh, you uh, sharpened me like a knife. That's you right. sharpened me, comma, like a knife. Because you don't actually sharpen a knife with another knife, unless there's something I don't know. And <laughs> my point being, I wish I had a safe word uh, that I could give you that says, you know, this week, I kid a lot about you you being my worst friend, although you are one of my dearest friends, and I'm very grateful to be friends with you. Shut up. Um, I do wish I could give you a safe word. <laughs> Just say you have to be nice to me and agree with me this week, because I'm tired and sad. <laughs> although I'm fine. Got a free trip to the mall. Woof. Our mall. Boy, if it weren't for the Apple Store, I think that whole thing would just collapse. They've, they've, John, they've gone into the, you know, I'm not going to quote the Chris Rock bit. I'm not Michael Scott. But there's a Chris Rock, very funny Chris Rock bit about the two kinds of malls. And our mall with the Apple Store near me, about a mile from me, don't be creepy, is definitely becoming the kind Chris Rock talks about, where they're so out of tenants. They brought in lots of, like, it's basically like an Etsy store. or it's about just, the Halloween shop. Yeah, yeah. Well, similar thing, very much. How your strip mall somewhere will get a Halloween thing in like August, but it's just—I mean, I feel like in the area, the concentric circles around the Apple Store. I guess every, every mall must have stuff like fix your phone screens and cases, but it's like this whole little miniature bazaar. 
It's like this Indiana Jones. I expect to find Marion in a Bastic. It's just all stuff like you know, that kind of stuff. And there's like a handcrafted and SF and like all, all of these. It's basically like like premium flea market type stores at what used to be kind of the fancy two-story mall. They don't even have a Hot Topic anymore. It's, it's, it's just really something. Boy, I had a hell of an experience today at the Apple store. John, things are crazy here. We were talking about, uh, oh, oh, follow-up. Mm-hmm. Yep, a couple of uh, quick items here. <sighs> These are fast-acting uh, edibles, so if you do notice anything, I, I, I ate it right before we started, so if you want to make a marker for like a round, probably... I'm going to say 30 minutes in, you might notice me talking about how, for example, I'm really into your hair or <laughs> have you ever really, really looked at your hand? Well, that'll be right when we get to our main topic. So you'll be all ready to go. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. Um, yeah. Let me pull up. We got a lot of good follow-up this week, I believe. <laughs> I love this image you put in. God, I love that movie. Um, what, what John's referring to is the movie, Mr. Mom, <laughs> just newly relevant um, this week for me. Um, hey, real quick. Do you want to get the admin stuff out of the way first before we do follow? No, we're going to do follow up first. Then we'll do we'll do it. We're in do order. follow up first. Then we have two bits of uh, of uh, really. You're doing the admin, huh? Is this how it is with ATP? Is this is this why Casey's always confused about stuff that's in the doc? Is like you shouldn't stuff be confused in? because we have he a should. special we have a special phase on ATP now called pre flight where before the live stream starts we talk to each other about how it's going to go. Oh, we talked about doing that. Huh. Yeah, but that's not how we do it on the show. Whoever, I mean, last I heard, Marco was still figuring out whether he needs lights, cameras, action, signs. Uh, did you ever, do you feel like, I guess I, I'll, you'll save it for the show, for your popular show. Mm-hmm. Will, we, will we find out what's happening under the decks? That was, I mean, that was a good bit. Maybe. That was a very good bit. He keeps trying to put inside cameras outside, John. Yeah, there'll be some follow-up on that. Stay tuned. Good. Okay. Good, good, good. You can check it out at atp.fm. I, I pay for it, and I don't know why. Follow-up. We heard from our listeners, uh, John, our very extremely helpful listeners, and I'm embarrassed to say on the first item, I totally know this song, and I can't believe I did not make a connection. Well, that's the question. Is there a connection? So a lot of readers sent in uh, this thing. We'll link to the Wikipedia page. Chura, lura, lura. John had John had, John had questions. Um, now, listen, because this is a family show, we're going to say, I want you to hear me put a comma in this, in the, <laughs> in the song. <laughs> In the song, come on, comma, Eileen, he says, Tura, Tura, Tulurae, right? And John was wondering, he asked aloud to me and uh, you, the listeners, hello, what is that thing that he's doing? What is Tura, Tulurae? And I said, thinking I was being smart because I'm a fan, that that's the, the name of the album is Tura. And I, I, the word I was struggling to find was something like a phoneme or a vocalization. You kept saying the word scat because that's what U2 calls it. And what do, we, what do we hear from listeners, John? Well, a lot of people pointed out this song. Uh, the, the full title is Tura Lura Lural. And then in parentheses, that's an Irish lullaby. Do you know, do you know this song? No, I didn't know it until I I think saw it's this. from the Boys Town movies. Tura Lura Lura, Tura Lura That song, you know that? I maybe that's it. I didn't I, I watched the YouTube video, but I don't remember the tune. I don't I don't have the robust baritone of a Bing Crosby, but I totes know this song. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it is it's a classic Irish American song that was written in 1913 by composer James hmm. Royce Shannon. Yeah, it's a test. Uh, for the Tin Pan Alley musical Shamine Do? 
something oh. s-h-m-e-e-n space d-h-u the original used recording to, of the song by me. Chauncey Olcott peaked at number one on the music charts. The song was brought back to prominence by Bing Crosby's performance in 1944 as Going My Way. Crosby's single sold. That's it, Going My Way. Yes. Over a million copies and peaked at number four on the Billboard charts. And we will link to a YouTube video of Bing Crosby singing Tura Lura Lura, which, uh, that's an Irish lullaby, which Prim. sounds kind of like this stuff in Dexy's Midnight Runner. Now, none of these pages, including the, the uh, Tura page, answer what was my question, which is, is this just, you know, nonsense, la 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 words, or is this uh, some other language that you I don't know? You thought it might be what, Gaelic, maybe? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Like, so, or, or like started out as some language or comes from a Latin and it got morphed into this or, you know, whatever. Like, is it some language that I don't know that e- either directly is that language or is derived from that language? But so far, everything we've been able to say is like, no, it's not any language, just la la la, you know, whatever. And lots okay. of people had suggestions for what that might be called. I don't remember any of them because nobody agreed. I cannot find this. Somebody told me, and I didn't think to write it down, but a listener, there isn't, this person gave me what they thought was the name for this, and now I can't find it, and I feel bad. Folderol? Yeah, 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 that was the one. Trivial or nonsensical fuss, according to uh, the top Google hit. There was lots of other suggestions as to what it might be. Well, folderol, in that sense, yeah, that means, yeah, that means like nonsense, but is is that a genre of doot-doot music? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I, thought, I just thought these these connections are interesting. If there <sighs> is, actually is no connect, because, yeah, so it looks similar. Tu ra lu rals is kind of like tu ra lu ra, you know, and it's, they're very similar, but just because they're similar is, you know, a lot of sort of sing-songy nonsense words in English sound similar. Right, this is why, I you, you, I think you cocked me on this a little bit, but this is why I said a la stuff like, like, hey, nani, nani, or like, um, I think Marillion does this in one, in like Kaylee, um, uh, so from the internet uh, dictionary site, uh, Folderol, originally a nonsense reframe in several old in several old songs, comma, used to make the song longer without adding more meaning. Okay, sorry. Originally a nonsense reframe in several old songs used to make the song longer without adding more meaningful matter? That no, sounds like not, a subtweet. It went through uh, Google Translate a couple times and came I back guess. out again. I guess from from the original Gaelic, Aaron Gobra, or mm-hmm. you know, or Sinn Fein. Yeah, or I, like, uh, and speaking of you two, they do this a lot in their songs. Well, there'll Jesus. be a chorus. There'll Get be a, a chorus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there'll be like certain words for the chorus, but there'll be a section of the chorus where the melody does something, and apparently no lyric could be thought of. He does that in uh, Memory Serves. He does that in the song Bad, and he he, he does a whoop whoop part, doesn't he? Yeah, you can just you can basically just fill in the any part of a chorus where you can't think of a lyric. You can just make mouth noises, uh, and sometimes that becomes the most famous or well known or well recognized part of the song is the non lyrical vocalization. I'm gonna say for the uh, for the band Simple Minds, I'm gonna say. Um, from uh, the song "Don't You Forget About Me." There you go. Do that is that one. Uh, is that is that vocal or instrument? Let me say. No, 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 no. It's Jim. What's his name? And that's not their best song. Have you ever heard their song, the song "Up on the Catwalk"? Maybe. It's from the, it's from the same album, uh, "Sparkle Sparkle in the Rain." Um, and of course, there's that one song in that terrible John Hughes movie that everybody remembers. It's not as good as you know the automobile movie, mm-hmm. but um, but um, the "Sparkle in the Rain" is is uh, is a really good record. Uh, I'll put that in. I'll put that in show notes uh, for this episode. Uh, Sparkle. Yeah. What, is a, what is a song? Up on the catwalk and big wheel is spinning and dollars to Deutschmarks and pennies in heaven. Natasha Kinsky. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. 
What is the there? There are multiple songs with doot doot as a major part of the, if not the chorus, then the memorable sort of hook. Yeah, there's the one. There's that song. I don't know if it's a Motown song uh, or a Philly. No, there's that song. Um, I think it's called. I think it's it's called like the doot doot song, or something like that. Um, uh, in his kiss, it could be that could be the song in his kiss. Oh uh, man. Let's see. Does does he love me? I want to know. How can I tell if he loves me so? No, is there one? Oh, the Shoop Shoop song. The Shoop Shoop song. Does that help? The Maybe. Shoop Shoop song. But then later on, as we've seen in the movie Deadpool, you've also got a song called Shoop Shoop. That's by that band I can never remember. That's either TLC or the other one. Shoop 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 Shoop. Oh, now, you know, here's another one. Um, Dexy's Midnight Runners, who did Come On, Comma, Eileen. Also did a wonderful cover of a wonderful Van Morrison song. Have you ever heard the song Jackie Wilson said, Peren, I'm in heaven when you smile. Do you know that song? I've heard Brian Wilson said. That's a different song. <laughs> that's the best I've got. Do you know wow. Brian Wilson said? That's, that's not even a joke. No, it's a song. Brian Wilson said? Yeah, that's the title oh, of the I song. See. Oh, and they're having fun with it. Yeah. No, I don't think I know that. Tears of Fears. Oh, oh! Mm. In that case, that's pretty fun. Mm. Uh, yeah, later, here, here's how. Um, here's how. Um, Jackie Wilson says starts. And the horns join. Jackie Wilson said it was Repetit. Now, Repetit. That's another song. Go look up Repetit. That's um, who originally did Repetit. Repetit is a really good song. That is by oh Jackie Wilson. Yeah, Jackie Wilson did Repetit. Yeah, that's right in the lyrics of the song. Yeah, uh, Brian Wilson said is a Beach Boys uh, send up kind of pastiche thing. It's good. To is it. it? Oh wait, let me guess. I, I, let me guess. Is it from the album that has "Song in the Seeds of Love"? Yeah, <gasps> that totally makes sense. Oh my god, I was I was so impressed when that song came out because yeah. I really liked. I loved the hurting. I liked okay, but got super burned out on songs from the big chair. I love the hurting personally. But then when they put out that song, well, that's a Roland song, I think. It's good. You know, you, they look good. Have you seen them performing? They still look terrific. I have not. I remember this, uh, this bit from Brian he looks Wilson. Like, said, he looks like Aha Good. Yeah. You seen the Aha guy? That guy's a dish. This, this, I can't decide. I don't know. We'll have to get a Roderick ruling on if these are these terrible lyrics or great lyrics. But speaking okay. of Shoop Shoop, we've got Girls Are Ten a Penny, Janet Joy and Jenny, Judy Joan and Jackie G. Hear me now, I warn your girls from California, break your heart and set you uh, free. Oh, that's fun. Okay, and that's that's uh, Brian Wilson said. Yeah. Well, it's clever. I like stuff like that. This is a cute another, song. Speaking of Beach Boys, a band I love uh, in town, um, uh, uh, I'm acquainted with one of the guys in the band, a band called Oranger, um, did a wonderful song called um, Mike Love, Not War, which is fun because <laughs> they're having fun with it, but also everybody hates Mike Love. He somehow becomes more hateable all the time. I don't quite get it. But he's terrible, and he harmed the Beach Boys. He thought he was doing the right thing, and he'll he would drag Al along, and I think he also dragged Carl along. Now Dennis and Brian, they hung tough. They would be on the floor uh, looking for cocaine that, that fell on the floor, and they would sniff it right off the floor of the kitchen. Isn't that nice? I, I have two celebrity biographies that are that are uh, that are a lot of fun. The, well, three. I'm going to say three. It's always three with me. Um, Brian Wilson's uh, bizarre autobiography, which is co-written by Dr. Eugene Landy. Oh boy, uh, called Wouldn't It Be Nice? That's really good. I also recommend uh, Sean Levy's book, The King of Comedy, about Jerry Lewis, 
which started as an authorized biography and became an unauthorized biography, and one that I think is probably about one-eighth true, but is a lot of fun, is Albert Goldman's Elvis biography. That That's a fun read. Yeah, celebrity biographies. There's a lot of links. I hope you're gathering those. You went too fast for me. I just put it in Brian Wilson's head. Well, see, if you would put them... I See, I didn't have time. I had to go... Mm. Um, and now I'm going to pivot to... Um, was Simon Callow the one that wrote... Simon Callow, this is this guy is so interesting. He wrote, yeah, Simon Callow wrote um, a biography of Orson Welles that I read uh, a long time ago. Now, Simon Callow, you're going to know this guy. He's an actor, and you've seen him. I loved him in um, uh, Room with a View. He's terrific in that. You know the guy I'm talking about? Go, go Google Simon Callow. You'll recognize him immediately. Yeah, I recognize him. He's also an author. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's also in two Adam Ant videos. He's in the greatest Adam Ant song of all time, Adam and the Ant song, Stand and Deliver. But he also appears a year or two later in Prince Charming. And it's totally Simon Callow. Stand and Deliver also has Amanda Donahoe, the hot lady from Lair of the White Worm. She's also in that. Now, I'll tell you, 1981 in England was a hell of a time to be in a music video. He wrote a book about Wagner. Wow, look at that. I was this guy wrote a lot of so, books. Yeah. Huh? Amadeus? Yeah. He's an Amadeus. Who is he? Oh wait, I think I know this. No, I know this. He's the guy who runs the 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 fun kicky no money theater, right? Emmanuel. But no, no, the one that puts on the what the one that puts on like Marriage of Figaro, the one where it's all crazy and full of actors drinking and stuff. I think he's in that. Hmm. Simon Callow Amadeus. That's a. Do you like that movie, John? I've been meaning to rewatch it. I, I liked it a lot when I saw it many times uh, when I was younger. It's when it was so first freaking out, but good. I haven't, I haven't rewatched it in ages. I keep wanting to rewatch it. My family keeps rejecting it because they see the runtime and they run away. No, no, no. Listen, dude. Well, I can't speak for your terrible family, but my kid loves it. It's I know. really, I, it's I, really I think fun. It, I think people will appeal. They just have to be. They have to be in the right mood for it. Signor Salieri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember that Vincent Chevelli's going to eat his uh, his puffs. He takes a bite out of his puff. Mm-hmm. And they go in, dun, 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 dun. Good music. Go figure. Yeah. Number that two. Can you, uh, dig it, dig it. Follow up item number two. Pasta shapes. Quickie. Uh, I didn't have all my numbers last time. I got my nope. numbers now. I just nope. want to throw nope. my nope. numbers out there for you. Thin spaghetti. Number three. Regular spaghetti. Number five. Thick spaghetti. Number seven. There are all your numbers for your spaghetti sizing needs. I have a question for you, and I, I think you will know the answer to this, or you will look it up while I'm asking the question. We noted on the, it was at the Pasta Baria page, but we found one where it was like, these are the numbers for our pasta. Who comes up with the numbers for pasta? Is it ISO? Is it, um, like, who comes up with the numbers? I'm sure there's some Italian standardized body thing. I'm not sure if it's ISO, but uh, yeah. It's like the Canzolizza de Pasta. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm sure. And no, <laughs> as did with everything in Italy, even though there probably is some standard, there's probably lots of variance between pasta makers because whatever the size of the holes in the little, you know, Teflon dye that they're using in the Brillo yeah, factory. There's a lot of corruption there, John. I don't know if you know, there's a lot of corruption. A lot of corruption. Yeah. I was watching a documentary uh, about Hitler and uh, the other night, and uh, you know that Mussolini guy? I mean, you know, I'm just saying. You guys got a lot going on over there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I watched Zero Duck 30 again, and I was remarking on how many people in it I forget are in it, including mm-hmm. uh, Andy from Parks and Rec, Stannis Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen Zero Duck 30? Yep. It, it, like, excluding the fact that it's full of horrible torture things I wish America hadn't done, I think that movie's amazing. 
Uh, it's got so it's got Andy. It's got oh, it's got um, it's got uh, the kid from um, is it Jonah Hill or the other one, Seth Rogen? That whoever that guy is, he's in it. But it's also got James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. James Gandolfini is in it. Did you know that? A lot of good people in that movie. You got Coach. You got uh, Coach Taylor's in it. He's great. Mm-hmm. You got Jessica Chastain. Jiminy Christmas. She likes my Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Um, that was your types. I did make. I did not take photos per your instructions, but I did uh, make meaty pasta with mastacholi, mastacholi, and um, I think people liked it. I, I introduced it to my kid as like, "Hey, you know how we like the smoothness of ziti and the diagonality <laughs> of uh, penne? Well, guess what? Can I introduce you to to uh, Professore Mastacholi? Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I probably should have gone a little chunkier." Uh, like a bigger pasta, but it was still pretty good. I think our meatballs were a little off. We got store-bought meatballs, and I think they oh, might have been a little off. Good. I know, I know, yeah. This is why I don't send you photos. This is why I don't document things. I mean, you didn't have to tell me that. In the photo, you can just fool me and say, yeah, I totally made these meatballs myself. It's hard to tell in the pictures. Yeah, but the thing is, even if I lied to you, um, which would satisfy you, as long as I was really like bowing and scraping about how much I followed your bizarre techniques and demands for everybody. Bizarre? Bizarre techniques? Oh, yeah, they're bizarre, so bizarre. It's bizarre. It's bizarre to me that mm-hmm. you think people are not allowed to just like something, that they have to Is have a persuasive theory. Is that what persu- I think? As Tom Wolf said, I think you feel they have to have a persuasive theory. Hmm. It, well, no, no. Actually, Tom Wolf was making fun of that when he said that everybody today thinks that all, all, uh, all essays and stories need a persuasive theory. But you want to see the receipts. You want photos. You want to see if it was sauced correctly. You want, you want to see the temperature of the bowl. And it makes, <laughs> it makes life insufferable. And yet I know if I made this in front of you, or like even if I watched you, I know the entire time you would just be knocking yourself down about how you could have done it better. It's your gift. It's your gift and your curse. I mean, every every new meal is a chance to do it better, I guess. Every rose has its thorn. Mm-hmm. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash RD. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash RD. Burrow is a company that is striving to set a new standard in furniture with easy-to-move modular designs such as timeless American mid-century and contemporary Scandinavian styles. They have premium, durable uh, materials like responsibly forested hardwood, top-grain Italian leather, and reinforced metal hardware. Wow, that's really cool to know. Uh, uh, Burroughs' in-house design team uh, takes a research-driven approach because they want to make sure that their furniture fits your lifestyle, you know, you in particular. They got a bunch of scientific boffins working on this. And that's why they produced simple mounting guide posters for their index wall shelves and a tool-free assembly process. Burrow has a modern website that's very easy to use. It means you can create and customize your furniture right from your very own home. On that old nasty couch that, you know, let's be honest, get rid of it. Get a new Burrow. Just do it. It's Burrow. You don't have to go to old-fashioned warehouse stores and high-pressure showrooms. You know, I think you can also probably avoid high-pressure warehouses and old-fashioned showrooms. But, you know, I've, I've been down this route, friends. I said it before, I'll say it again, you know, just I'm a broken record on this thing. I bought a Burrow couch before they even sponsored my gosh dang podcast, paid my own dang money and didn't get any credit for it. What kind of sucker am I, right? Because that's the couch that my wife and I agreed goes to the top of the list. I sat on it literally about 15 minutes ago. It probably still has my, you know, well, let's not make it gross, but it's a great couch and I sit on it all the time and and it's, it's, it's the best. Uh, it's so easy to deal with. 
And you know, you're going to get free shipping for, for, for anything you get. So every order, no matter how big or small, it's delivered directly to your door, your very door. I hope you have a door, you know, for free. And that's going to save you well over $100 when you're buying a large item like a couch. And that really is Burrow's wheelhouse. I haven't seen their wheelhouse, but I imagine it's full of couches. If you ever need help, the Burrow team is always available to lend a hand from custom orders to rescheduling and delivery. Uh, these folks are it's terrific. It, it's easy. It's furniture. You get it. Even if you're like a, you know, a pencil neck geek like me, you can carry it up your steps and put it together like a gentleman or a lady or what have you. You get, get, a, get a Burrow, order a Burrow. Assemble a bro, move a bro, 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 bro is what I'm trying to say to you, you know. And, and here's the thing: you you listen to this show, I'm pretty sure, and that means that you can get seventy five dollars, okay, off your first order. All you have to do is go to burrow.com/rd. That's rd. Hmm. B u r r o w dot com slash rd for seventy five dollars off. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, John, what do you know about Beatles? That you uh, you had cited a uh, off the dome. You had cited a statistic that uh, I thought was incredible regarding uh, the what's the word I'm looking for diversity mm-hmm. of Beatles. What, what yep. do you what do you have to share about Beatles? I was uh, trying Beatles to guess. With, uh, Beatles like with three E's. Yeah, it used to be I could name every kind of beetle, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so many of them. Uh, <laughs> scarab, red scarab. <laughs> That's right. Um, that there are lots <laughs> of different Harlan, species. Harlan, you stop naming beetles. <laughs> There's lots of different species of beetles. And I made a guess. I was like, I think it's like 35,000 of them. The first thing I Googled after to check came up with 350,000. I'm like, oh, maybe I remember the 35. But then I did a little bit more research on Wikipedia. Here's what we came up with. Uh, Beetles are insects that form the order of Coleoptera. Uh, The Coleoptera, with about 400,000 species, is the largest of all orders, constituting almost uh, almost 40% of described insects and 25% of all known animal life forms. Why so diverse? Beetles what? are 25% of all known animal life forms. And then it, then it uh, finishes that little sentence. New oh. species are deco- discovered frequently. So there are 400,000 <gasps> kinds of beetles. It's still happening, John? 400,000, and they keep finding oh, new ones. They are they are a quarter of all known animal life forms of freaking beetles. It's like when I very first heard that, that uh, squids, was it squids are like pound for pound the largest part of the biome? Or something like that. That like there's more pounds of squid in the world than any other hmm. animal. Is that what I heard? Which is that just sea animal? Because I always hear insects uh, going yeah. up the charts on that too. But but yeah, no, there's That's just too amazing, many. John. There's just too many kinds of beetles. There's just too many. Like, do we need that many beetles? Mm-hmm. Everyone says so. This one looks like the one I'm looking at looks like a, kind of a cross between Cthulhu and Boba Fett. Yeah, they, cool all, they all look very beetly, but I feel like four hundred thousand—that's too many kinds. I know that's 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 mental. I mean, and forget about the people who like whatever you know, uh, um, entomologists to study insects. Yes. No one could be like a beetle expert because you'd be like, "Hey, beetle expert, what's this beetle?" No one can memorize four hundred thousand different species. No, by the time you're done doing your TED talk, they got fifty thousand more beetle types. I mean, maybe like maybe there's some like uh, turns out thing in here as like, well, when it's got two red stripes, it's one species. And when it's got one red stripe, like they look really, really similar. Like because when you get down yeah. to 400,000, how different could these beetles be? But that's a lot of damn beetles. And, you know, every trade has its karma sucks. Let's be honest. Um, I want to talk to you about Lulu Miller, but I also wanted to say, oh, yes, um, uh, I'm paying you way too many compliments uh, this week. But when you did uh, your latest up. Uh, episode of your popular show, you were answering questions and we're talking about the guy, what was Marco's phrase uh, that was the title for the other episode, web of 
about how terrible the web is, right? Uh, Best Blender is a Wasteland. That was, that was a good one. Was yeah, mine, but it's just basically Marcus. about, well, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, and somebody saying, well, hey, what do I do about this? And I was so excited. I could sing along with you as you told this person the thing that you told me that continues to transform my life. All, how do you get better Google results? Stop trying to be smart. John Syracuse taught me this because I'm old school, right? I have a copy here on my shelf of the Google Hacks book. I knew about advanced operators back in the day when you could do, you know, you could do between these two numbers, when you could do the, remember the dot, dot operator, there were all these amazing things you could you do from can. ranges. That stuff still works, but I, I, is it like, all still I'm, in there? I, I thought it may have gone away with like Google sets or something. Yeah, yeah. The dot, dot is still in there, but like, remember Alta Vista? That was so like a keyword query type thing. Like you would speak yeah. to Alta Vista in like plus word, this minus word, that like, it's all about words that occur on the page. Well, and also, do you remember, uh, if memory serves, one of the one of the many interesting things, well, far down the list, I guess, on Google was that and was always implied. On AltaVista, and was not implied. Like, you had to say, probably in all caps, A-N-D, if you wanted. And you, so, you know, like, I, I still do that today. Now I know that and is always included, I think, unless they've changed it. And I always stick my capital ORs at the end. Um, but I wanted to say, and I did it just now, John. Because well, I'm smart, right? Like I went to liberal arts school, and yet I just typed in how many kinds of beetles are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it brought it right up. Instead of going beetles, species, or kinds, or you know what I mean? Yep, you were typing, who was the second person to play Dumbledore? That's what you type. You don't type a Harry Potter, well, you, Dumbledore, Actually, you actor. put that really... Well, uh, John, it's so funny. I was so When you said this, I was so ashamed when you said, you could just, just start banging on the keyboard... Like short actor in red shirt who looks like whatever. And you'll totally find it. Like when I was trying to find, I've been collecting these sets of actresses who look alike. I collect them. And so like there's those four actresses who look a lot alike. And you, if you just go do a Google search, I, I bet I haven't done it recently, but who is the actress with dark hair and giant eyes or something like that? <laughs> and you go, oh, that's either Lizzie Kaplan or the girl from Reigns of Castamere or the the woman, um, uh, for the, the the other woman from the other thing from, but there's like four of them and they look identical. Have I ever shared this with you, John? The four actresses who look like the four actresses you meet in heaven. Yeah, the the dark hair, big eyed people. The dark hair, big eyed. I'm also doing now. I'm doing us um, human substrata of uh, Charlize Theron because there's like not Charlize Theron of um, Margot Robbie because Margot Robbie also looks a lot like Jamie Presley whose name I totally forgotten. But there's this whole, like, I bet, as, as I mean, like, this is the opposite of Beatles title, which is that there, I think that, um, I think Ray Kurzweil or possibly E.O. Wilson would say that now, I think Margot uh, Robbie has upset something in the universe and now all actresses will tend to look like her. Oh, Anya Taylor-Joy a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I saw a good, a, saw a good Twitter, uh, a good tweet, um, I don't remember. It's a visual joke, but anyway, the, it was it was a visual joke making fun of the distance between Ann Taylor Joy's eyes, which I thought was cute. Um, I went, I did some googling, and I ended up on this terrible IMDb page called "Big Eye Actresses Missing a Hyphen." Oh, big eye actresses. Okay, yeah. big huh. big big eyes actresses. Big space e y e s space actress. So, is it is it any of the ones we talked about? This is a terrible page because the number one is Rachel Weiss, uh, which I think is. I mean, her eyes are fine, I guess. Anne Hathaway, sure. I can see that. Kira mm. Knightley, maybe. Yeah. Penelope Cruz, no. Jennifer Lopez, no. Mm. no. Amanda Seyfried, 
Sure. Oh, she's got big, but she's got, I think also when you say big, I think sometimes what's implied also is like big and wide. Yeah. Some high Carrie Ann Moss. No, no. Allison Hannigan. No. Anna Faris. No. Like this is just a bad page. Sorry. I'm okay. closing you. I can't find, I'm missing one of my girls. So I have an, uh, a folder on iCloud called my girls. Um, and I know I can do better. Um, but, uh, and it's my collections of these kinds of things. So look at these three. Wait, where the hell is your... Oh, screenshots. Why do you do this to me? Alexandra Daddario from uh, White Love Lotus. Love her. From, oh, she's so great. She's so great. Um, let's see. And so I'm clicking and I'm going to this. Can you believe my daughter came and got her phone even though it's not done yet? I believe it. Mm, I guess I can too. She really loves it. Here is, something's happening with computers, I think. I'm clicking. I'm dropping. Yeah, look. So that is Lizzie Kaplan. And it is Una Chapman, Chaplin, and it is, uh, what's the other one, the other girl's name? Uh, from uh, um, Made for Love. You know, Made for Love, yeah. But like Lizzie Kaplan, we know from Mean Girls and Party Down. I know her from, Lizzie Kaplan was on uh, Masters of Sex, right? Where she got naked a lot. Oh. Is that her, I'll right? Check, I'll, check, I'll check it out. I love her. She's so great in um, Mean Girls. Now, wait, now, who, then who's the one who reigns of Castamere? Reigns of Castamere. Is that Una Chapman? Reigns of Castamere. That's a good episode, John. It's a really good episode. What's, what's the wife's name? Caitlin? Is that her name? Caitlin? I do not recall. Mm. Reigns of Castamere, IMDb. <clears throat> Thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We're going to ask you for money in a second. <laughs> Uh, Reigns of Castamere. I think it is that Una Chapman. I, I honestly, yeah, that's Una Chaplin, who I think is related to Charles. Yeah, so Una Chaplin is the one that's uh betrothed to John. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize her? Yep, 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 yep. And then what's the name of this? Oh, Chris, that's uh Christine Milotti. That's her name, right? She's the one in um in that Mythic Quest episode my kid has two shirts of. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. Oh, god, so good. Have we had this conversation? We have, haven't we? Mm-hmm. I think probably then, as now, I believe, I know on at least one occasion, I have declared that to be their San Junipero. <laughs> different, kind of kind of different in a cut above. You disagree. Tell me, tell me what's wrong about that. Oh, it's that. not as good. Not as good as San Junipero. As San Junipero. Is that San, how we're pronouncing you know it now? The, how much Spanish have you had, John? I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm asking a question. I'm not telling you the right way to do it. I don't I'm know. Tell you, I'm going to tell you. You shut your mouth. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what I told my, what I told my kid, which is the mm-hmm. beauty of Spanish is every letter is always it's always pronounced exactly mm-hmm. the same. You, if you work on it for a week, it's almost like learning guitar. It's sadly easy. So yes, yeah, I think it's uh, so a a e o u san you ni pe. I think. Right, but we're speaking English, not Spanish. Oh, sorry, Gov. Um, let's see. <laughs> I need to I need to lend a Lori. American sweetie, our names don't mean Yeah. What what, what is our that? Our names don't mean crap. Wait, I should know that. I should know that. Wait, I, I, should I, know I, that. I messed up the quote. Hmm. You know, why don't we get an ATP references? Like, why don't we have somebody on here doing all of our stuff or making a wiki? Like, what's up with that? 
That's a lot we, of work. We move, we move fast. And honestly, you know ATV references gets like seven and a half percent of the references on that show. So really. Well, I know, help where I can. I can't do them all. I know, but like, there's a lot more. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough job is what I'm saying. The best part of that Thomas the Tank Engine image with, I want to say Henry, obviously the best part of it is just the utter horror of this mm-hmm. very, very sad train being bricked into a tunnel because he won't play ball with Sir Topham Hat. My other favorite part, though, is I just love Sir Topham Hat, like standing on, I don't know what he's standing on, like a lectern or something. Like, raise me up so that I may address the bad train directly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so screwed up. Uh, what, what's great about it, I think, is that later in life, when these kids encounter, you know, the Edgar Allan Poe story, they'll be like, that's just like Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, like, the Henry, they're, they're, they're getting the, the they're getting Henry the reference. of Amontillado. <laughs> yeah, they're getting the reference before the before the original, and when they hear the original, they'll be like, "There's right, so many different exactly. reactions they can have based on well, the this idea." This is like that- when my kid liked all the music. What's that terrible movie, Strange Magic? My kid loved all the music in Strange Magic, and I, of course, this is a fairly early instance of me being that particular father. And I'm like, well, you know. It's a fun cover, but there's a way better version mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. No, no. She liked all of the terrible, strange magic versions. Yeah. What do you know what he's called in England? What's he originally called? Remember Thomas that? the Tank Engine? No, the, the guy who runs the place. Oh, so Topham Hat? Oh, mm-hmm. I, I did know this at one point, but I have since forgotten. The Fat Controller. There you go. And remember, he has, I want to say, a brother that runs the narrow gauge railway, and he's a slender fella. You know about that? Is this skinny controller? Uh, I think he's the narrow assed controller. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by privacy.com. You can learn more about privacy.com right now by visiting privacy.com slash diffs. Privacy.com is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial life online while keeping your most important information secure. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information. Shh, shh. So you never have to worry about giving it out to people that you don't know online. That's pretty cool. Uh, I mentioned this before. I've had my fair share of weird things and compromises and fraud things and Christian dating sites that I did not subscribe to. I think this is a terrific idea. You know, privacy.com, make my numbers private. Can I please have some private numbers? You know, they can just use that, you know, privatize it. Privacy wants you to take back control of your payments by deciding who can charge your card, how much, and how often. You can close your cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent, which is pretty cool. And this is awesome. Privacy is partnered with the good folks over at 1Password. Hello, friends. Uh, I like those folks. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password with the same security benefits as all your other privacy cards. And you can set spend limits. You can create single-use or merchant lock cards whenever you want. Wow. So head on over. Please go to privacy.com slash diffs. That's D-A-F-F-S. And go sign up for an account. Go. It's privacy. New customers are going to automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Once again, that's privacy.com slash diffs. Sign up now. Our thanks to privacy.com for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Okay. Uh, oh, you know what? Why don't you, um, you take one and I'll take one. I need to refill my adult beverage. And uh, do you want to go through the uh, the dunning portion? The, uh, the where we ask people for money part? Yeah, I, well, I, can, I can do that. Hey, no you problem. know what? How about I do membership and you do St. Jude because you're better at it. Sure. 
Okay, this is just say, hey, everybody, um, if you enjoy this show, thank you. And if you would like to show your support for John and me and for the uh, Relay Network, which I can, is a good group. I can personally attest to the goodness of the Relay people. Um, you could choose to support us by giving us money. And you can, um, you can find that at uh, relay.fm slash rd. The, the full page, if you, if you like a uh, fully qualified, uh, uh, unique, uh, 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 what does URL stand for? Uniform Resource Locator. If you want the full URL, you go to uh, relay.fm slash rd slash join. And that buys you our, uh, our gratitude for real. And that also buys you extra content um usually at least once a month and if memory serves i believe it also gets you access to all of the member bonus content since the uh, the relay boys started making bonus content so you get all of our interviews with all of our problematic friends which i imagine is a pretty fun journey and um you get all of that and you can what like five dollars a month something like that more as much as you can afford you know you know we're trying (sighs) And, uh, but, uh, and this is one of the weeks where we, I don't think have that. I'm half tempted if I weren't so tired and needing to go home and see how my daughter's phone is restoring. I would, um, I would say I have, I do have bonus content because I kind of, kind of want to tell you about my trip to the Apple store today, but we probably won't have time for that. Well, but you'll we'll never know we'll unless we'll you join up. If you join yeah. up. Well, don't you agree, John, that they'll never know unless they join up yeah. or they have a friend who leaks the secrets. And we, we know when you leak the secret. We have we've bound your IP address um, to your URL, and so you know we have a uh, what's called a framework for that a framework that framework that allows us to uh, upload that. This is turning we'll, dark. Why are you threatening our listeners? Well, I'm a seasoned technologist, and these are the things that I know. You forgot the the other Ooh. selling point. So you get uh, in the members. I never mentioned this, but like in the members only feed, it's a different feed than the regular feed because then you get the longer episodes. There's also oh, sorry, no, yeah, of course. There's yeah. also no ads in those no ads. episodes. No ads, Jerry. No ads. Right, and you get cooler album art. You get like a you shiny. Think so? You like you like the other one. You like the terribly named uh, after show better. But that's what I'm saying. The art, the art doesn't have the terrible name on it. Just as reconcilable differences, but the artwork, the imagery uh, is different. It's shiny. That Frank Tal fella. Are they still using that fella? Yeah, I. He's good. I he's I don't good. Remember he, if if he did that one, I I I, I remember. Tell. When, I I think I think yeah. I think he's the. Um, gosh, I don't want to make a Nazi reference. I I think he's the. Uh, what do you say? The Lenny Riefenstahl of that group. <laughs> Why you did then you did it anyway? You didn't want well, to. She's but you not did. a Nazi. She's a filmmaker. All right, all right, she's all right. an artist. Anyway, Frank's not a Nazi. I never said. I never. I don't think I even implied mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But he really understands. Like you know, you know what they want. You know, they want something with a circle and one word. Two, two syllables, one, one word. And you know that goes straight back to Mr. H. Michael Hurley. 47 minutes, kick, kicking in as scheduled. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, you don't think that's a mic thing? Like, relay. Like, you know, and the show is, it should be like, upgrade. Or it should be, you know, reconcilable differences. I think that makes him, as they <laughs> say. You don't have to say it like that. It makes him mental, or as they say, mad. No, they you say know? mental too, right? That's a they say mad, mad, mad and mental. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Love you, sa. Anyway, so I'll fill my drink up. And um, hey, thank you to everybody who does that, though. Uh, I'm becoming, mm, one doesn't say more comfortable. I'm becoming less uncomfortable with admitting that I'm really grateful that y'all give us money. And it actually does really super help a lot. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm not not fancy enough to, to act like that's not a big deal. John Roderick, yesterday, we, we talked for an hour after we recorded. And John Roderick told me an anecdote about Def Leppard. He and Squires went to see Def Leppard open for Kiss. 
and like how kind of a bummer it was. You know what I'm saying? Like you go there, Def Leppard comes out, they got to do a tight 40 probably, right? Mm -hmm. So guess what? Part two of the show, a ton of stuff from like garbage from Pour Some Sugar on Me. You know what they opened with? A medley of all the songs that John and Mike and I would want to hear. Hmm. So like Bring It On The Heartbreak, Photograph, High and Dry, like any of that stuff. I mean, you got to fit it all in, I guess. You got to do what you got to do, man. But like you might as well be playing at the uh, Strawberry Festival. So, in Plant City. That, right from that Simpsons episode, uh, you know, where, where Homer just wants to hear uh, working for the weekend. And, but that's not enough. When they start <laughs> playing the song, he says, skip to the working overtime part. He just wants to get to the good part of the good song. <laughs> oh, Mike Reno, we miss you. Almost paradise. Knocking on heaven's door. Back to you, John. All right. And the other thing we're going to ask you to give money to is much more important than our membership. Uh, but uh, unlike our membership, which is available all year round, actually, you can give to St. Jude all year round, too. But anyway, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and Relay is doing a pledge drive, uh, like as they have done uh, every year for the past three years. Uh, Relay just passed $1 million total for the three years they've been doing this. The Relay Podcast-a-thon is scheduled for some point in the future, date I don't recall, although I'm not sure when this episode comes out. But anyway, sometime in September, it would be wonderful if you could give to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. So they've been around for 60 years. They treat childhood cancer. Um, and I think last week we gave you the pitch that families never receive a bill, which is fantastic and amazing for this broken country that we live in. This week, I'll give you the pitch that they don't just treat kids with cancer. They also do their their research hospital. They also do research into how to cure childhood cancer. Uh, treatments invented at St. Jude have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% when they started to more than 80%. Insane. So now 80% so of insane. children survive childhood cancer, which is a big increase from 20% 60 years ago. Uh, but St. Jude is not going to give up until no child dies from cancer. And to make this happen, they need your money. How do they treat kids with cancer without giving anyone a bill? People like us give them money. Uh, so please do. Uh, the URL to do so is stjude.org slash relay. Uh, please give what you can. Even $1 helps. Very well done. Um, and just, just so you remember, we've never... I, to my knowledge, ever, ever, just because of our ethos, we've never given Stephen Hackett a bill. It's true. I thought, I mean, do you, have, did you ever do that? Did you ever invoice him? No, I've never, I've never invoiced him. Hmm. Money just shows up. He's, ne he's never received a bill for food or travel from me. Mm hmm. We've got a place for him to stay, you know, mm -hmm. when he's visiting the podcast. Mm hmm. Well, okay, let's, let's leave that. Um, Good job, John. And it's St. Jude, not St. Jude's. And that's on me. St. Jude, S-T-J-U-D-E dot org slash relay. Everyone spells out the S-T-J-U-D-E because it's not clear whether it's S-T or S-A-I-N-T, right? It's, it's just plain old yeah. S-T and there's no period. Yeah. But everyone says dot org. And I guess that on a tech show, people know what dot org is. That's why I spelled it out. Dot O-R-G. <laughs> The, what what, what would you do? What do you, what would tell me how you do it? I don't know. We, we mumble and compression is bad. And we say dot yeah. orb, dark orc. What? Dot. <laughs> for some reason, of course, it reminds me. I'll find this for notes because I can't watch it enough in my life. Of course, it reminds me of the Brian Butterfield diet. Mm -hmm. H. Hoisin crispy H. owl. Hoisin. <laughs> if you Large put hoisin crispy owl on your Chinese food menu, people would order it absolutely for sure it sounds good oh well because it also for some reason it, it puts me in the mind of like mandarin duck like one yeah. of those you have to call 24 hours ahead mm -hmm. if you want the hoisin crispy owl you're gonna yeah. have to let us know yeah yeah yeah. I gotta catch the dinner owl. Mints. <laughs> Ooh, i'm an owl now um did you ever watch that you watched pen, pen 15 right uh yes 
Remember that? Remember when the when the, the girl says it? When Maya says it, and then her mother says it. She says, "Hoot hoot, I'm an owl now," and then she takes off. Is that season one? Yeah, well, it's like uh, that's twenty four. It's the one when they. Uh, you guys ever do? Uh, you guys ever do computer cleaner? Uh-huh. Yeah, my dad uses it to clean the computer. Oh God, that shows such a delight. Uh, Hoist and crispy owl, but yeah, I think Brian Butterfield when he, when he announces the URL, it's very nineteen ninety seven. You remember like H Tatopo backslash backslash W. What? No, what's the word they use? He says anyway. But he's a ah, it's so good. You, for, you know, you can forget that's Peter Serafinowicz. You could forget it. You know what I'm saying? You could. Well, do you like him? I do. Did you ever see, um, what's, that, uh, what's, that, what's that movie where he's the, uh, the TV show where he's a superhero with Griffin Newman? The Tick. You ever watch him on The Tick? I think I've seen a couple episodes of that show. The but Tick is better than him. you think. It's better than you think. Yeah. This is a uh, source of the immortal line. This is not a poncho library. Uh, and Griffin Newman is terrific friend of the show, is great in that. Uh, you know, he's great in, uh, he's great in, uh, in the zombie Edgar Wright movie, uh, Sean, uh, Sean of the, Sean of the Dead. He's in that? Who is he in that? He's the roommate. Oh, no, not, uh, Peter Sarafona. It's not, uh, not yeah. Gavin. Well, he, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, wait, who, who are you thinking of? Uh, Griffin Newman. Oh, no, 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 no. Peter Sarafinowitz is the, uh, the slightly more uptight. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the zombieified roommate. Yeah. Well, easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he's great in lots of other things too. Yeah. Did you ever see a uh, look around you? I, now you, now you might yes, like I have look seen around. Look, I have seen look around you. Look around you. Well, I guess that's it for Peter Serafinowitz. We want to thank, uh, we want to thank Peter Serafinowitz. Saturday is treat day. We want to thank Danny Thomas for starting, uh, uh, St. St. Jude. Don't make it bad. And we want to thank all of you. Most of all to you, the customer, you know, John, I was born in the projects, roaches and rats. We have a topic this week. We do. Because uh, are... we're, doing, we're doing our pre-flight, not a pre-flight. We're doing our mm-hmm. ad hoc just visit. Because, you know, I'll say it again. I like John. He's fun to hang out with. He's a good hang. And he, I, I sometimes give him my secrets. That's why his hair is so big. And I, I tell John things that are going on in my life. And he's much, well, not much more. He's a little more supportive in texts. <laughs> but not enough that you'd be disappointed in him not speaking truth to power. Uh-huh. You're the, are you the power in this scenario? No, no. Well, no, 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 no. Well, to power to you, because you like to do, you do a little inversion. You like to have fun with it and act like you're always like the low status guy. It makes me think you studied improv, but not very well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's, it's important to do what you love. Um, and um, I was texting John about just some of my various situation that I'm, that I'm dealing with right now. Uh, and uh, and we we're like, hmm, what should we talk about? John's like, I think we've got a topic. Yeah, Merlin's flying solo for two weeks, right? Starting starting yesterday. There's there's varying degrees of involvement for from week before last to six weeks from now. And so, uh, do you you've seen Mr. Mom? You saw it, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that? So Michael Keaton, what happens? He gets laid off. From the the automobile, pl- uh, the automo- actually, you know what, John? <laughs> he was in Gung. He was in Gung Ho, which is also a was, problematic film. But you're getting this. Getty Watanabe was in both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And remember, Grandpa says to him, "Where's my automobile?" Mm-hmm. The 1980s. He's, he's, and he's yeah. working in an automobile factory. That's right. So he could just turn to the camera and just say, "Automobile." That's right. Uh, and could, Mr. Mom happened. is obviously a Batman origin story in disguise, right? So yeah, it all fits absolutely. together. Absolutely. 
yep, yep, yep. He, he and Rachel were installing some electric stuff, Martin Mull. And if memory serves, I want to say Fred Willard uh, from Firmwood Tonight popped by. And uh, they're ready to help out, a kind of ad hoc task rabbit. Yeah, I don't want to go off on a Mr. Mon tangent, but like the premise of this movie is oh, man. Uh, a man Terry, has to Terry take Gar care of the kids. Terry Gar gets like promoted as he gets laid right. off. And then he has to take care of the kids. Can you imagine a man taking care of children? Ha ha ha. John, I'm not sure people understand movie. what's going on here. Like he doesn't have a job. <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't have a he's job. Not working, he he's not working. And he has to take care of the kids like a woman? While his wife goes to the office? That's like, in a skirt? You know, Green light. Fun that wow. movie. Hilarious and she's, premise. She's uh she's lately canoodling with Martin Mull. Mr. Mom. You see you see the incongruity there? It's like a, he's like a mom, but he's a mister. They like, don't understand what you're talking about. John, they don't understand what you're talking. They think you're talking about Martin Mull. What what John's trying to say is that now, and this is the improbable part, is is it is a male at birth father is at home while his wife works, and that's why he's Mr. Mom. He's not Mrs. Mom. Mrs. Mom is gone. She's hardly even a mom anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? She's a, she's a decorator, if memory serves. A decorator, I want to say? The other thing is that part, part of the uh, the advertising for this movie was him holding a bare baby's <laughs> bottom to a <laughs> to, to one of to those. A, uh, a, a public restroom hand dryer. Yeah, the hot air hand dryer thing. And I feel like if that was part of the ad campaign today, setting aside how this movie obviously would not fly today, but if this was part of any ad campaign today, people would be up in arms over the fact that he could burn that little baby's butt. I think also we, we we had fun. I had fun with uh, the the great Getty Watanabe, but I, I'm going to just go off the dome here. I feel like I remember the plot of this movie. Oh my God, this movie was struggling. Not struggling, was like celebrating its big win in the relevance parade because not only was it about men and women taking on different roles as the workplace, uh, the composition of the workplace changes, wasn't the main subplot the ha-ha for the trailers, part of the haha for the trailer subplot, that the whole reason he got laid off is because a Japanese company is either taking over the Detroit um, auto company that he works for, or they're introducing draconian Toyota style. But something happens where basically isn't isn't his job loss because of the Japaneseification? I, I don't remember that, but that would make that would definitely connect. That's up why, with, get, with that's why Getty Watanabe's there, right? I think I mean, they're doing the Toyota or the Kanban, whatever the method was that everybody copied. Where like we cut, and you know, it's it's a little bit like the German, the Verkroften, uh episode of The Simpsons. Like the, the Germans come in with their ruthless, <laughs> how you say, <laughs> efficiency. <laughs> yeah, that was that was another uh, thread in eighties movies. Was the idea that was at a time when America right, was making it's right in crap, die, it's in crappy die hard, cars? It's in Die Hard. It's yeah, and, in and, so many movies. And Japan was making high quality cars. And the whole idea was that, like, uh, yeah, the Japanese people might be making better cars that don't fall apart and more reliable and everything. But we're Americans, and we mm-hmm. like we're going to make a lot of media that shows well, the well, Japanese. Consequently, John, we buy American, right? Well, yeah, the, um, uh, the, we'll make a bunch of movies that show the Japanese coming here and trying to say, "Here's how you make a high quality product that doesn't break." And the Americans will say, "Actually, you don't know anything, stupid Japanese. We do things with machismo and toxic masculinity, and therefore we're better." And the moral of the story will be: You may think you have the way to make things that are high quality, but in the end, what really matters is that we're tough, all American people. And the product doesn't matter, and you don't know anything, stupid Japanese people. And so we're like making movies to cheer ourselves up to say, yeah, we make crappy stuff, but 
we're the best and actually crappy yeah. stuff is good in the end yay america like that was the moral of the story the moral of the story wasn't like let's let's figure out why we're making crappy products and learn from people who make better cars it was like no let's just make crappy cars and people should accept them because we're american <laughs> and they're japanese I know. it was it was it was one of those like them. I mean, uh, this is a this is definitely a genre that at least I grew up with. Maybe less so you, but bumper stickers that said something along the lines of um, "God said it, I believe it." That settles it. It's sort of like this very affirmative. Um, it's very affirmative, like your thesis that you're pre- presenting very affirmatively is that because God said something, that's your life view, which is fine, I guess. But it wasn't really God. See also the Always Sunny episode with Mac and Evolution. Like, no, you just read that somebody said that thing. Um, but no, it's a, it's really it's a period piece in some ways. And what's the line? What's the line? Uh, you can't treat the working man this way. <laughs> One day we'll form a union, and get the fair and equitable treatment we deserve, and then we'll go too far and get corrupt and shiftless, and the Japanese will eat us alive. <laughs> Turn out those pockets. <laughs> Isn't that the one? That's the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it Monty Burns as a little kid? Oh, you know what it is? I think it's Last Exit to Springfield, right? Maybe. We have the plant. You have the plant, but we have the power. Is that the same one where, where that's not the same one where Homer becomes the head of the union, right? Yeah. I, don't play say, you know, how much does it pay? Nothing. Don't. Unless you're Unless, crooked. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Make lifelong connections with organized crime. Mmm. Organized crime. That has got to be one of the most quotable episodes of all time. Yeah. Um, and why was I telling you that? Oh, atoms? Remember? <laughs> Turn out those pockets. <laughs> you know, what is, oh, what does he say to Smithers? We, maybe we should have listened to that man instead of bricking him up in the abandoned Coke oven. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great edible. So what happened was, what had happened was, this is fun, John. It's, it's, uh, this evening is going better than the rest of my day. I'm glad you're here for it. <laughs> International Brotherhood of Jazz Dancers, Pastry Chefs, and Nuclear Technicians. Um, so what had happened was, um, uh, Malaf is, is an athlete and uh, a person. And uh, she's, a, she's a person who's near my age. And uh, as a result of several of those things, she had to have knee surgery last week, which we knew was scheduled and you know, COVID allowing, we knew that on whatever that day is, last Thursday would be seven, eight, nine minus seven is two, September 2nd, that that's going to be the day. And that that would have, you know, consequences, like perhaps lowest on the list, like her job stuff would change while she's, you know, doing this. But it represented a lot of change in the household that I would need to, you know, work with. And, um, <laughs> and spoiler alert, we planned all of this a little bit, but not to like a Merlin man level of detail. And so it's been fun. And now I'm Mr. Mom and I'm, I'm taking my 13 year old five foot six inch daughter. I pick her up and I hold her ass to a very, 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 uh, hot, hot blowing wind. Yep. You're, jug- you're juggling your three school age children, uh, all while wearing a tie and a button up shirt and, and a jacket yes. and pants. Well, because I, John, I imagine I'll be going to back to work any day, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of need there. to, I need to, I need to maintain appearances. And, uh, you know, wh- gosh, they should tell you how much, you know, uh, laundry detergent to use because look at the mess I'm dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Suds everywhere in the apartment. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, the baby's down there somewhere. 
Um, so anyway, the, the, but the Mrs. Mom, just the, the haha. Uh, the Mrs. Uh, Mr. Mr. Mom thing is that my wife, who uh, is amazing, uh, had to have surgery. And all you need to know about this is it really depends on who you talk to at which point. But that for her knee to heal, it's in a brace, and that uh, she does exercises, but uh, she can't put any weight on it for two weeks at an absolute minimum. I mean, like the first day is a big deal because you get the nerve blocker and it's like, oh, here's the thing. If you do, it's not going to hurt. And that's the problem. Like you won't even realize. And like, you could screw up this whole, you know what I mean, John, the whole, like this, you could screw up this entire enterprise if you handle this wrong. And my wife is, she's where she is for a reason. She's great. She's organized. She's got it all together. She already knew chapter and verse, everything about this. And, uh, but we all, but what that meant is we knew early on, she cannot put any weight. If she can't put any weight on her leg for, uh, at least two weeks, we're, well, f- the first, most importantly, like we need to get, think about like, okay, what's mom's life going to be like when she can't get stuff or when, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like when mom can't go up and down the steps, not just how does that affect the family, but like, what do we do to make mom comfortable here? Right. So, but anyway, and that's led to, there's been cascading effects and I'm Mr. Mom. So what is the thing, I know you've had some prep for this, whatever, but what is the thing that has surprised you the most with how much of a pain in the butt it is? Um, this actually dovetails, I'll make this pretty quick, but it dovetails with the only preparation I did for this, which was to say, like, I was trying to like, cause like, again, another spoiler alert, uh, this is an amazing opportunity to realize, um, I mean, I'm not saying this for clapping, not just, oh, my wife does a lot. Like, it's not just that, it makes me realize how, in some ways, extremely well-suited we are, I would like to think, for each other, because why do you split up tasks? You split up tasks because you need help, right? But also because there's stuff, if you have a relationship with your partner where you can talk about this, you might discover, let's be honest, 80% of the stuff is super annoying, people hate doing it, it's no fun, and in some cases, there's the kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, and I feel like it makes me feel sort of less than to have to do this task. That might even be, let's say, 60%. But the truth is, there's a ton of stuff in the house where one person either, given one person's hatred of that task, it might actually be surprising to find out one person likes doing that. Like, nobody wants to do dishes, but dishes are also a chance to put on headphones and be left alone. Like, some people are like, oh my God, nobody but me is allowed to do the finances. Or like, like so, like in my case, you know, taking out the trash is not a big deal for me. Whereas from with my wife, like she's our vice president of all bureaucracy and forms. She deals with all of that stuff. She's great at it and doesn't mind doing it. Whereas I'm terrible at it and hate doing it. But like if somebody, if anything, any of the creatures in our house barf or poop, no problem. I'm on it. Like I can totally deal with that. Whereas... I mean, I'm not saying that they're timid or something, but like for my kid is really grossed out by all of that. And my wife does not treasure it. So like, that's just one of my little, you know what I'm saying though? But like, I love, I love that idea though, that when you can talk to each other, you find out like, oh, oh, another one for my wife, obviously is like, she's the one who has a car and drives that will become important. Right. But you know what I'm saying, John, like you must have this in your house a little bit where you're like, oh, this kind of thing, you're not allowed to do that. Maybe for some people that's loading the dishwasher. Um, for me, it sounds silly, but being like the supply person and the tech person, you know, I think every home ends up having one of those. I don't mind that at all. And I, I would not want anybody else but me to do it. Even if I'm not great at it, I, I, I can do that. 
But that was that was one big revelation, to be honest. It's not just that, oh, wow, we each do a lot, but it was like, um, when you've been with somebody for 20 years, I can increasingly go like, oh, this is, I think, why we're kind of a good match. And it takes a disruption to the um, day-to-day to really appreciate that. So getting back to my question, which one, uh, what thing do you find yourself doing now that you weren't doing before that you find the, the biggest pain in the butt, surprisingly? Like some things you expect oh, to be sorry, a pain. Sorry, like, I, mis- I like, misunderstood. Like the, like the, obviously the stuff that you know that is mm-hmm. stuff that you don't like to do, you expect that to be a pain. But what is something that caught you by surprise? Well, I mean, I knew that all things transportation were either going to be annoying, complicated, or both. Um, what is some of the stuff that I've had to pick up? I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit of a model because, yeah, there's, there's the kids stuff. There's the travel stuff. There's the, like, just dealing with getting her to our house in a lift. I spent $110 in one day on lift, which is just mind-boggling to me. Um, but that's, you know, that's what it is. The thing, I'm trying to think, but, like, it's just, it's really, you know what it is, John? It's not any specific thing, really. The stuff with, like, having to go around and lift and do things, that's kind of a pain in the butt. You know, because again, she doesn't mind that. She likes going places. But you, I do you've got not. a car, right? She has a car. I don't drive. She doesn't. I mean, you don't drive, meaning you choose not to. I don't drive at all. I, I do not have a driver's license. I have you a don't state have a ID. license? I don't mm. have a license. I have a state ID. Mm. All right. It's, well, a, it's a long that. story, but basically it expired. And when I went to renew it, it, I waited too long. And so I had to retake the test, which I'd never taken in California. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I might go back and get it, but I kind of like being snooty and not driving, but it does put, <laughs> you don't even own a TV. It does. The problem is, and this is the pound sign privilege is that, but that does, it's one thing for my wife to be the person who likes having a car and likes driving and likes doing things. It's another thing if I'm simply not available to do that. Mm. And just lay on the couch like your, you know, stoner nephew or something. I mean, like when when the when the big one hits and you have to flee, you'll you'll drive if you have to, obviously. But well, I mean, having told you what I told you, I will I will not risk telling you that that's not the only reason I don't drive a car. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you and I differ here, but like I have an idea about how I'd like the future to be, and I would like to start seeing how that can work. I like riding a Segway. I don't like driving a car, like stuff like that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but it was, what was the thing I was going to say uh, about what the, the transportation difficulties? It's not, a, but it's not, it's not even really a specific thing. And like, so something that not only you are aware of, but we end up talking about perhaps three times a year is the way the day to day, most of us probably don't feel like we have a giant amount of slack. I certainly experienced this, this with Delta airlines. They, they, they do not have a lot of flexibility on rebooking flights just because everything's so jam-packed. But you know what I mean? Like when you feel busy or as I like to say, time constrained, you are aware of that feeling of slack diminishing and where tolerances for everything have gotten smaller and it compresses everything, right? So, I mean, how do you describe this? It's what it's like to be poor. For those of you who've never been poor, um, it's, this, it's, the, it's a thing that's difficult to describe but like things that are not a problem to anybody else in the world are one of, are like three problems to you. So when people say stuff like, oh, we're going to be, um, oh, we're changing the reservation from five to seven and so, or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. So if I want to do this thing, I have to 
basically stay overnight. These are the kinds of things that happen is everybody else is like, oh, that doesn't change at all. I just jump into my garage with the five cars in it and I drive away. But somebody else goes, well, I can't afford two fares for this. And so uh, I will have to stay for that whole time and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody, people who haven't had a lot of money at some point in their life know that feeling of like, I hope nothing happens that makes me have to spend $7 this week. Um, but it's, it's also that um, whenever you're in this kind of situation with these constraints, suddenly something that should be a trivial glancing blow not only upsets one other thing, but ends up having an impact on other, other, other things. Do you know what I mean, John? Yeah. And like, uh, I, I, I know what you're talking about because yeah, when you're just, when there's like, when you look at your schedule and everything is connected by this tiny buffer period, but when you're younger, you can say stuff like, Oh, this has been delayed by an hour. Just come later. Or, and that doesn't affect hardly anything else, but like, and, and uh, I'll throw to you, and it's right here, but like, come back to me about this, the, the, the longer version of this. If my kid's phone out of nowhere bricks on Labor Day and she needs to be on like riding the bus the next morning, right? You see what I'm saying? It's like suddenly that goes from, oh, here's a minor inconvenience to this just moved so many different things around. Remembering that dad's working the whole time too, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so now we got to get an appointment. I've done all the troubleshooting. I need to come home early to do the troubleshooting. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. And during this time, is your wife air traffic controlling us or is she just letting you do whatever you're going to do? She's been No, she's been great. And she's been a real soldier about all of like, God, if I were in her condition, I'd be such an asshole. <laughs> but she's handling it great. But um, no, not at all. Um, if anything, you know, I think she feels bad because, and I don't think I'm making a big like exhale noise a lot. If anything, I'm trying to say like, hey, this is, I'm, I'm bad at this stuff sometimes, and I would do a good job this time. So I'm trying real hard. Um, and, and <laughs> but uh, no, she's, and also, you know, she's in an okay, fair amount of pain. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've got, she's got pills for the pain and she's, but she doesn't want to get, you know, wrecked. So she doesn't take, in my opinion, as much as I think she should. I'd, I'd be gobbling that all day long. <laughs> you kidding me? With a prescription? It, you know, listen, if you had a beverage and half an edible, and like a bottle of Dilaudid, you'd be good to go, you know? You picture on the, you got to take it before you start feeling the pain, stay ahead of it, that whole thing? It's, it's funny you should say that because that's exactly what the advice nurse said and then like underlined in the big packet. <laughs> Was like, by the time you're feeling the pain, it's too late. It's, yeah. not that it's, not, it's not that it's too late, but boy, you need to proactively, there's these two drugs and you have to stagger them. Take this one and then that one. You stagger them at different times, never more than this much, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, um, no, no, she's been pretty hands off. And the thing is, this is the thing though, John, back to, you know, uh, first principles, Clarice is the, the, like what we're good at, what we're not good at, what we like or don't like doing, or like in some cases, importantly, despise doing. If there's a person in your house who like super hates touching poop, don't make them be the poop person. Like go pitch in. If it bothers you less than it bothers them, just do it. Like don't, you're not, there's, you're not going to get a lifetime achievement award. Um, but that's the thing is like. It's like, and also, you know what, on top of it all, she handles like annoyance and change way better than I do because she's all about trees and I'm all about forest. Um, what was your question? Well, so, yeah, I mean, you, you address it, like how, what, what she's doing during this time. Like, I, yeah, there's, there's okay, so yes, yes, yes. I know like, gonna... what the stuff is. I know how it's done. I just often just suck at it in a way. It would be like, it would be like George Costanza playing basketball. 
it's I might love this game and love watching it, but once I have to play, my tool set is incredibly limited and it takes all of my effort to even just not fail utterly. And plus when you've got two people, like, you know, it's it's not just that you're dividing up the work, it's that, you know, so one person if if it's an unexpected event and you have to sideline one person, the other person can pick up the Slack phone. There's just one person who's oh, mobile. Yes. And what you naturally do, it's almost like you're in the drift, as they say in Pacific Rim. Day to day, like you would you would never I God hope to shout. I would never hesitate to say, Hey, can you do this accommodation? Or like the concierge way of saying, Hey, by the way, this thing of mine changed. Just so you know, if you need me to do X, I can do it and it's not gonna be annoying. Right. Like you do that, that, that being in the drift title in a relationship where you can like not just mirror each other because you're twins or whatever, but like where you like you you also you see how your two um, your two shapes uh, can be very complementary if you play it right. But oh boy, she's better at a lot of this than I am. <laughs> especially stuff like the bureaucracy stuff, John. Um, as we record this, Tuesday, September 7th, mm, uh, somebody's going to get put in a box and taken to the groomer. Now, when I say groomer, I mean vet. Because this creature that lives in our home that has not been groomed in a pretty long time is going to have to be basically, it's going to be, title, medical grooming. <laughs> As in, you are such a grotesquerie. You are such a monstrosity that we are going to have to make you unconscious in order to deal with what a nightmare you are. Savvy is a white-haired mongrel, and she's here to get groomed for the first time in 11 months. The coat should be combed every day. I got to send you this dog grooming channel. It's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, well, the no, person, who, totally does, the person who does it is fantastic, and there are cats featured in it. None of them as hideous as your cat, though. You know, a um a twist you might not have been caught up on is that um we we've finally had some success with giving her uh, we call them wetsies. We've been giving her this uh oh god, it's called uh, uh, oh it gives me angry just thinking it. It's called I and Love and You. Uh brand of cat food. And uh, she actually seems to like it. We've been mixing it up and she's not too finicky, but she gets think about what her face looks like, like on a good day. And now imagine that uh, imagine her just thrusting. Thrusting and with half of her teeth missing, thrusting that that horrible, hairy, wizened face into a can of wet cat food, and think about what kind of good tea you're working with. Into the can? You don't put make her no. eat it out of the can, do you? Okay, John. Fine. My wife bought a thing she saw on Instagram, which are these raised dishes for Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you don't have, to, don't have to reach down as far. Uh huh. Yeah, that felt great seeing that come in. Mm-hmm. Taking out the box for that one felt great. Oh, good. Okay, so this thing we got, this who's quote-unquote about four years old. We bring her into the family, and now we're buying raised dishes. No, no. She has one of those for water, one of those for uh, for wetsies. And, uh, <laughs> so unappetizing. I, <laughs> you never do that? Go to White Castle and you get the wetsies? No. Yeah, well, yeah, not, well. not on purpose. Anyway, so, so no, what, what I do is, now, I'm, I'm a scientist at this, but you asked. Um, I scoop the stuff out of the can. Yes, it looks like Cincinnati, Cincinnati cranberry sauce. I don't. Uh, this chick came over. She gave me a Cincinnati cranberry sauce. Uh, what I do is I take it out of the can and into her raised dish. And then I very deliberately try to make it look like a cat food commercial. 
kind of cut. First, I cut. <laughs> do, you bang, do you bang a, a fork on a little crystal uh, goblet? Ding, ding, ding. Well, I mean, yeah, if it's clean. Yeah. I, uh, no. <laughs> oh, God. What a way to live. I, um, you know, I, I, I like frozen garlic that you can just melt and then put on things. But yeah, I'll cut up my cat's food so it's not Cincinnati cranberry sauce can shaped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I cut up and then I kind of, kind of whisk it and whip it. And then I, I do a, a final draw toward, if you imagine the clock of a cat dish, I draw it towards six and then I refluff it because she's going to get her face in there and push it to the other side. And basically it's almost like she's putting, a, putting up a brick wall. She's mashing this, this mortar of her own design into the side until it's a slightly cat-shaped faced like snake river of pain. I'm sure that the front of her face smells wonderful after this. This this is how we get to the new goatee, John. Because mm-hmm. when she gets, in, re, she really gets in there, okay? And then that goes down because then I mentioned also she has only half of her teeth that I've spent just under five figures having teeth removed from a cat. And the front of her face is entirely flat, unlike a cat that actually oh, has no, some no, it's, it's, it. No, it's a deliberate mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, Tomorrow morning at uh, 8.30, I get to take the cat in. Now, John, if there's one thing that we know about tradespeople, is there any one thing we know? If you're a tradesperson, you're having trouble with your water, you're having trouble with your HVAC, you call them and they come out to your house. Is there anything you think you might be hearing from them before they do anything to help you and charge you? This is your big thing. You say when a tradesperson comes over, the first thing you get is a stern lecture. You get a stern lecture, John. Now, this doesn't matter. This is like the plumber who told me try not to use the water too much. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to come. To, let's go back to the oven repairman. The oven repairman who broke my oven and then said it can't be repaired, even by a repairman. You know, there's that kind of thing. And you, you, the dentist I fired, his mother, yeah. This is the dentist who used to make MAME cabinets and furniture, and that was the slideshow. That and, 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 that and uh, New Yorker cartoons about dentistry that he regarded as humorous is what you saw when you were reclined. I fired that guy because his mom was his hygienist, and she would always give me a handout. The handout says, if you don't, if you don't deal with this, do you understand what? You're going to get a heart attack. <laughs> the big book of British smiles. <laughs> Six months later. <laughs> so, so tomorrow that's, that's morning. The part, that's the part of the vet that you're dreading. I, is put the the cat, I put the cat in the carrier. Is that normally a job that you do? I thought you were going to be dreading the part of like wrangling the cat because maybe that wasn't a thing you normally do. But are you normally the cat wrangler? Gets the um, cat into the carrier? Interesting, interesting question with an interesting answer, I think. Which is that, well, let's, let's go back. What, what is the point of this um, division of labor? You do what you're good at. You do what you don't mind. My wife handles all the paperwork. She handles the booking of the things. She has a two-page form that, that I printed out for her today that she's going to be filling out tonight. And am I worried that it won't get filled out? I am not. She's great at filling out forms. I am great at uh, very, very basic tasks, like take the cat, pick up the cat, pay for the cat, that kind of thing. And I don't mind it. I'm happy to. And I, if I'm being honest, I think I, she is, she feels, she has been trying mightily. So like I got my own set of cat clippers for my hair, but she's been trying mightily to keep up with the cat, but still she feels very badly, bad about it. And so I'm kind of happy that I get to get the lecture instead of her. 
you know. Also, I kind of wonder, you know, did I ever tell you about the time we took her in and they said, well, she's going to need this procedure, but like the problem is before we can book the procedure, we have to know if she can handle the anesthesia. And before we know if she can handle the anesthesia, there's another. Did you know that I, I had to pay three different fees that involved the chain of custody for cat anesthesia? Yeah, that's a big thing. This is what I'm dealing with with these people. Well, they don't want to kill your pet. <laughs> that's what, that's I know what... anesthesiology is tough, and God bless them. I'm happy to go in and do that. But it's also that, you know what it is also? Like, think about this. One t- one of the fairly rare, increasingly these days, rare times that I realize how differently my wife and I think is like a teacher conference. Like, I don't know if you ever noticed that, but like we, you know, we have our way that we are at home. and But then we go... And we talk to the teacher or the, whomever, like, you know, I'm talking about any kind of thing where you go into some place to talk about your kid with a person who deals with your kid, right? And like, we, we are so different. Well, of course, I'm up doing a little dance on the table to make, make, make Mr. Principal like me, you know, doing a little bit of soft shoe. She's asking all these questions about these kinds of things, those kinds of things. But like, you know, I think, have you ever gotten that? Have you ever gone into a situation like that? And you're like, hmm. That's that's not either that's not not what I would have said or that's that's surprises me that they said that. You ever do that? I mean, I think uh, my approach is definitely different than your approach, probably more like your wife's approach, but I think my approach and my wife's approach to those things are similar except that my wife is internally uh fretting about the things that I am actually asking about. And if I oh, don't that, ask about them, that's then, valuable. then yeah. she will, if I don't ask about them, then she will uh, scold me after we leave saying, why didn't you ask about X, Y, and Z? And, and I'll say, you could have asked about that. And, and if, and, and if it goes the way it ends up going, then that could actually become part of your portfolio is yeah. dealing with the consequences of that. Yeah, but, 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 but we're both kind of going in with the same kind of, with the same kind of worries and concerns. And it's just a question of how those get uh, articulated or not. But it sounds like you're going in with like two different agendas, at least. Well, I mean, it, it it's just it's just interesting and and funny. We um, you get so used to being with the person in private, and then when you're both in public, it's like mm-hmm. you're like you know, they almost like you almost can't recognize them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, she, puts, she puts her business face on. <laughs> oh man, she's so you should hear her in meetings. She's so pleasant. <laughs> and and you know what you know you know what I've never heard my wife say on a Zoom call. I've never heard her say this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that a lot in non-meeting contexts? <laughs> no, I'm the one that does that. I'm the one that goes, anyway, as in like, oh, gosh, I th- guess I was being too subtle about our need to move to the next valuable thing and then be done because you're still talking. Anyway, 